Future of Data podcast. In this episode, Nathaniel Lin will talk about how data analytics is used to save lives in fire department. Stay tuned. Welcome everyone to another episode of Future of Data podcast. Today we have with us Dr. Nathaniel Lin from National Fire Protection Association. And um, Dr. Lin is a Chief Data Scientist at um, NFPA. Uh, Nathaniel, welcome to the podcast and love to hear from you, your journey from um, wherever you get interested in this in this data-driven world to your current role at NFPA. So love, love to hear, hear, uh, hear your journey. Well, thank you, Vishal, for inviting me uh, to this podcast and uh, talk about the journey. Uh, it has been a pretty long journey. My whole life has been in data and data analytics, uh, but the real journey in the data science world started about 2000 when I graduated from MIT Sloan uh, with MBA focusing on management technology. My thesis was on how to apply uh, data analytics to predict uh, click-through rates. That was the beginning of uh, internet uh, marketing. And so since then, uh, I have been uh, going through uh, the various uh, parts of the uh, industries, uh, leveraging analytics, basically uh, surfing on the uh, tsunami of data analytics. I started off uh, forming the first uh, data analytics team for IBM HOPAC. Uh, we went from zero to 15 people. Uh, then I was promoted to be the global head for sales and distribution. Worldwide head for the Center of Excellence for Data Analytics in 2004. Then I went to, uh, uh, from uh, IBM, went to Ogilvy, a media company. So I moved from the client side uh, to the media uh, provider uh, side and leverage analytics uh, to solve a lot of business problems. Uh, then I was a Fidelity Investments as a customer uh, analysis VP. Uh, then I was uh, at Aspen Marketing Analytics, which was subsequently sold to Epsilon, one of the premier analytic outfit, as the president of marketing analytics. So, and serving AT&T uh, Automotive, and we were there uh, working with many different clients, uh, managing uh, a business over $200 million on uh, leverage analytics. So, you can see that uh, my journey started uh, from a high-tech company, went through all the subsequent industries, witnessing how analytics and data science has transformed business models, business strategy, and until, uh, in, in fact, I also work as the uh, VP of uh, retail analytics uh, to serve uh, Aho USA, one of the largest retail uh, supermarket chain, to leverage analytics to, be, to, to do better customer relationships and so forth. So seeing how analytics and data science has changed the world and the change business as we know it, uh, I decided when, I reached, uh, when NAPA reached out to me that I decided to come and, and join NAPA to help head up their transformation strategy, leveraging data analytics, and now I'm the data scientist uh, working to uh, do the very uh, job that I love to do. And uh, this is a continuation of my journey. Interesting. I think fascinating. Um, so you are pretty much touching all the key pointers: customer experience, marketing analytics, finance, like all the all the heavy hitting big use cases of wherever data or analytics is is at use. I think you've been been there and done that. So I think that's fascinating journey. 
what made you get to NFPA? And 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 before I get to that, I think last we connected, you baffled me with the fact that NFPA is one twenty year old. I have not even sure what NFPA is and why they exist. Right. Love to have your perspective on what NFPA is and 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 yeah. Right, and Vishal, you are not alone. Uh, when NFPA reached out to me and I said, uh, you know, what is NFPA? Never heard of. It. Even though they are local here in Quincy, and about 30 miles south of where I live, never heard of them. And in fact, you can say NFPA, the National Fire Protection Association, is the best kept secret for the past 121 years. So in 1896, uh, you know, uh, the insurance company rely, realizing, you know, over 120 years ago, that they need more better data. Uh, to make sure that uh, they can do a better job in insuring uh, properties. So they decided to uh, put together an association, non-profit association, so they can collect all the right data, right? All the best practices uh, to make sure that the properties can be kept safe and, they, and, and therefore reduce the potential costs uh, and risks to the insurance company. So since uh, 1896, uh, NFPA in, in, uh, you know, pride itself to bring all the stakeholders together, uh, insurance companies, government agencies, local authorities, fire departments, fire marshals, uh, consumer advocates to come to the table and discuss the urgent issues of how to save property and lives from fire and any re and electrical or any related hazards. Uh, so we establish a good reputation as a third-party, uh, impartial, uh, non-profit uh, organization that with one single mission is to save lives and save properties uh, from all these uh, fire and electrical related hazards. Interesting. Fascinating. I think thank you for the introduction there. Um, now let's let's talk about your journey. So what I think such a, such a diverse background, such a beautiful sort of um, laying out on all the critical area you have been uh, been involved with in, in your past life. What made you come to this role of NFPA? Like, what is what is your sort of uh, um, uh, bait in, in 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 joining this group and then helping them out? And so, what's what's your story there? Yeah, and you know, I'm passionate about data analytics deep down. I'm still a quant. However, I'm a quant that loves to tell stories. Quants that love to transform organizations and see how that impacts and win, uh, you know, for uh, acquire winning strategy for, for organizations. So throughout the past, uh, you know, over almost two decades now, I've seen an being applied. However, they applied uh, at different degrees and with different degrees of success. The reason is not because data science is a problem, but because of organization issues. And so I wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago uh, to really forming that uh, bridge between pure technical data science and business strategies and seeing how you know really have a have a point of view about how to put these two together right and companies that that that, that are very large companies that has a lot of existing uh, infrastructures are very very hard to move towards effective use of data science because of style, various kinds of science and so I was looking for for, for organization that's uh, quite sized. Uh, NFPA is about 350 people. We're all co-located. It's an ideal place for it, and and, 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 and make no mistakes about it. You now, having spent two decades making money for corporation and, and climbing the corporate ladder, I'm a little bit exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, 
I'd rather at this stage of my life, you know, if I could leverage everything I learned in my experience to help an organization that truly, right, is making a difference, right, to public safety, public good. Uh, it's having a very fulfilling journey. So for the past one and a half years, uh, I'm here working, building things, and have, you know, having fun, you know, leveraging everything that I, I do and with the significant investments from NAPA on uh, infrastructures, on tools, and really open to all these many of the ideas that I've seen and have, uh, have implemented other organizations to do it in NAPA has been a really fun journey and very fulfilling uh, every single day. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And uh, I think in, in, in your description, you talk about a book that you wrote. Love to know what that book is and where can I get my hands on that book? Right. And so the, the, the book was uh, written uh, with a view to bridge the gap between technical data scientists and the business strategy. So it's written with kind of uh, bridging the, uh, the, the intersection. And I, I talk about uh, the intersection is the, the best place uh, for innovations. And if you read a book, uh, from a few years ago, it was a, it was a book called um, the Matici Fact, right? Uh, talk about the Matici family brought in the Renaissance and because they were at the crossroad and the intersection of two cultures. And the intersection need to be safe, need to have people who are comfortable in it, people who know both sides and facilitate the cross-fertilization, utilization of uh, people from different intersections. Unfortunately, most companies, they don't like the intersection because it produces conflicts. The language is different, the culture is different. However, to be successful, you need that. So I wrote the book to create for people who love to be those, what I call them, analytic deciders, that thrives, not just survive, but thrives at the intersection, right? So that they can come together. So the book is called Apply uh, Business Analytics, uh, you know, leveraging uh, events analytics and business processes uh, and big data. Uh, so uh, it can be uh, it will be, it can be found and bought from Amazon.com, published by uh, Financial Times uh, Press. Uh, so love to hear from uh, you know anyone uh, with any comments and you know, suggestions, uh, you know, or uh, dialogue and. Uh, Interesting, and I think it's uh, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, I think uh, two years back, I wrote this book on data-driven innovation, a primer, and I think you are hitting very uh, on a very right note that businesses who are actually the prime user of these capabilities are always left in dark. So uh, techies can go in any forum, dig anywhere, and sort of get their meat and and mojo there, and get their insights. Right. But the storytelling that's needed for businesses to actually get used to these capabilities and bring it in-house, I think that's that's a very critical area. And the more we talk about it, uh, I think that's fascinating because many times we talk to a lot of businesses, they they have no no freaking clue. They have no idea what's going on. And in fact, uh, I was talking to one of the one of the city uh, rep a couple of couple of years back, and he said, Vishal, you know the the market is such that everyone is trying to sell us. No one is trying to tell us, right? So that's a it's it's a right. very sort of um, uh, uh, very salesy in many ways. So the more sort of, yeah. and they say we we are coachable, but at least tell us there's no good good outlet where we can learn. So I think I do do appreciate you um, um, sort of narrating it and, and 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 helping businesses understand what's going on. So you said the book is applied business analytics, and it's it's it's, it's available on on Amazon. So shout out to our audience. Uh, if you want to check it out, check it out this book. I think uh, 
and I, I, I'll, I'll check it out too and I'll hopefully post my review on that so uh, thank you there so now let's let's bring it back uh, sorry for the detour uh, it's lovely to hear that uh, you have something for the audience I think beautiful uh, so now now let's talk about a data science team structure um, that that you that so so you said you gave a very good uh, rationale of why you you joined NFPA and and I think you bring with you a very holistic background on, on how to data drive and and how to you know how to sort of drive businesses through data and, and analytics so now um, let's talk about NF like what is a typical data science team in NFPA look like yes um NFPA basically uh, because we're a nonprofit, right? We're not a one of a large organization, and uh, so I have a very small data science team. But even though it's small, it's really uh, focused on bringing people who are going to be truly the entity designers. So those people who can do deep ones, who can you know, myself, I still build models. You know, I'm, I'm versus, you know, I, I started with uh, Fortran and SAS, believe it or not. And I'm, you know, I'm doing R and, and Python, and I do programming. But more important than that is that you need to move into business, right? You understand this, you need to talk business. You need to be able to create solutions, right? And that can be, uh, like a better word, uh, sample and taste and appreciate by the business owners. Telling them in good stories, one thing, right? But the best way to convince them is let them try it. Do something small, uh, just like a new cuisine, right? I'm a new restaurant owner. I cook up a little sample, right? And I give it to people. They try it. I say, you know, this is wonderful. Can you do more of this? Well, this is the same thing that I need people who can actually go into the kitchen and use everything at its disposal with a focus not to enjoy the cooking, even though we do enjoy the cooking process, but to produce a solution, that a sample for the business you, uh, uh, owner to take is that being said, we leverage across the organization in the PA. We are not the only shop in town. We have IT people, we have business uh, owners. We reach outside of NAPA. We have a lot of wide partnerships. We have great vendor relationships. So many things that are non-core, we are more than happy to partner, right? So uh, you know, I was at IBM's uh, executive team to offshore some of these low-end, low-end analytics to <coughs> India to back in 2004. <laughs> Yeah. So there are things that we can produce, you know, give to the uh, you know, uh, the offshoring, but the core business, the strategy, really need to uh, and that's what we do here. Interesting, interesting. So um, thank you for that, by the way. So we, I think we have a common friend, Jeff Chen, I guess, a common friend. So I, I had a conversation with him, I think last to last year, I guess, and he was ta he was discussing about um, how New York Fire Department is transforming um, uh, sort of uh, their their capability to predict fire or whatever um, and 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 he was he was discussing about couple of challenges of working in government right working with the speed of government right. and then what and whatnot so they are slow they are sort of have their own particle pace now now they are slow now let's talk about NFPA you guys are again non-profit dealing with these with slow organizations so and and, and by the way you have 120 years of thick cultural element with you so that's another baggage right. to consider so how would how would uh, a company with that sort of uh, legacy transform itself or sort of uh, be responsive to this these new data driven challenges and if you can share some of your journey and some of your good or, or bad experiences 
that will be really helpful to understand of how you are getting through this cultural sort of challenges and how like what are some of the some of the insights that you have gained on that absolutely and i i, I think what you just mentioned jeff and uh no jeff uh, since i joined in the pa and uh in fact the work that he did uh filecast uh you know jeff has been very very uh, good in sharing all the insights with us so thank you jeff and uh you know so he's a nice guy uh, yes <laughs> very great great nice guy and he uh is the deputy chief, uh, data scientist now at the Department of Commerce. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so what happened here is that, you know, I wouldn't uh, characterize uh, as slow. I would characterize as deliberate. Uh, because we have been in the position of learning about best practices, so we're very methodical, we're very deliberate, we take time, right? All those could be viewed as impediments, but also viewed as assets. Because through that, we're able to form broad relationships. However, analytics, we are not just methodical, but most in the beginning, we need to be ad hoc, right? We need to be focused on exploratory and uh, to discover. And then, uh, you know, rather than uh, taking time, we need to try a lot of different options. And again, give something which is even pre-cooked, uh, pre, before you go to the menu, so to speak. I can give out some samples. So these two uh, cultures are not that different. However, if you view it as that we are a, you know, the team and what we're doing now is a test kitchen. NFP is the restaurant. Then the two things hopefully will come together that we're constantly having good men, menu items, our client will be happy, the restaurant uh, you know, will do a good job and a good business, and then co continuously that uh, we were generating a novel cuisine. So cultural, uh, I would not believe is a challenge. It's actually an asset for everything. Interesting, interesting, and, and I think well said. Um, and, and 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 by the way, most of the businesses that that uh, at least um, the bigger the business, the more sort of migraines they have uh, on the challenging sort of on on these challenges of cultural sort of uh, adoption and and getting approval and getting all these things. And I think you are point on on sort of keeping keeping your practices lean and i think you uh, you nailed it when you say that your group is short so it's nimble it gets things done again it's um, it's less bureaucratic layer and all that and then the other thing i think you you rightly pointed out that um, having having small successes actually leads get get your leadership on board and all that i think that's a beautifully said advice and i think um, uh, well said there so now now let's talk about um, uh, some of the interesting use cases of of nfpa and and what are some of the interesting like how would nfpa help other fire departments and and, and you said it's a global organization i think so um and right. i think uh, i was i was discussing um on a conference i think last month and and there was an element of that and and i was putting an, an analogy that fishing is uh global but fishermen are not right so similarly, it it, it 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 applies to the fire too. That fire is global, but the firemen are not. That they represent their local infrastructure. So how something like NFPA um, help out these global um, fire departments in in what capacity and what are some of the insights that, that you can share on that? Right, and so there are many many fronts. Right, we have a lot of different stakeholders. Uh, let's start with the uh, local uh, jurisdiction. Right. Um, so you mentioned about the risk modeling that Jeff Chen did. Uh, there are a lot of different, uh, I think there was uh, several uh, projects on risk modeling. Uh, we actually uh, did a very similar thing. Uh, we uh, take all the demographic data, 
all the property level data and you know violations and zoning and all these uh, data together together with the national uh, fire incident data right uh, that we've been using for the past couple of, uh, two or three decades put them together to predict risks uh, for for example the fire uh, state fire marshal of Tennessee then we basically go in there and then you know help them to identify areas that have high risk and not just telling them uh, you know what is the propensity or the likelihood of a fire occurring but also if it occurs how bad would it be and that way they can actually focus on the community risk reductions outreach uh, and it's interesting that when we compare those models with events and I was invited to speak uh, a week before that there was a deadly fire where 90 people died wow. in Memphis and we we, the model we produced highlighted that particular property in one of the highest. So that's one. Wow. A second thing is that uh, you know, fire departments has a lot of uh, jobs to do, a lot of decisions they need to make. One of those is to uh, inspect uh, critical properties, right? So now you know the properties are a high risk. You need to inspect them. There are many, many factors, and, and, and this is where the experience and wisdom of fire inspectors, fire marshal, come to play. However. With very limited resources, which one should they go first? They have conflicting uh, risk factors. So some of those are uh, more political. Some of those uh, can be measured. Some of those are clearly uh, just guesstimates. However, when you put all these factors together, a good experienced fire marshal is going to choose which one has higher uh, likelihood to be a, a risk problem, right? And, and we, 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 when we walk into the uh, room with a lot of firefighters there, and they said, you know what, the average age is about 62 years old. Mm. And many of these fire experience, fire marshals in the retire, fire inspectors will retire. Once they retire, the experience and wisdom will be gone uh, you know, with them. Some of the newer uh, chiefs and marshal, fire marshals in their 40s potentially will say, you know what, I'm seeing the situation. I can't make a good decision. I wish my old fire marshal, fire chief was right here. Well, what NAP is doing is we are using an artificial intelligence tool what we call a property inspection prioritization tool, in short, a PIP tool, to help fire marshals and fire inspectors to uh, kind of train and help them to develop this model so that all the decision uh, uh, making that they make is now uh, uh, captured by the AI tool. So it's a little bit similar like Watson, nice. even though we have the same resources as Watson, we're very much the same thing that we are learning from the collective wisdom of all these seasoned fire marshals and so that right now the PIP test, PIP tool is going through the second phase of training. The results are very, very good. Uh, so we have right now at least 500 fire marshals and it's growing to train this tool. And once the phase two uh, te uh, training is done, is tested, we'll launch it as a common tool for all fire uh, marshals and fire inspectors to use so that they can make better decisions. Now, is that the only tool uh, for, uh, for uh, available for helping the fire marshals? I know means because there's a lot of critical decision-making points along the fire protection life cycle, and every decision points can benefit from uh, such a decision assist tool. Uh, we just need to bring these communities together and learn from them. So that's and we are now uh, you know trying to apply it to uh, as I said 500 uh, different fire marshals. Now globally, right? Uh, if you go to, uh, for example, go to a, a fast developing country like India or China, you see a lot of new malls, high, you know, uh, high rises, you know, uh, uh, 
a skyscraper apartment building being, being built everywhere. And they're all sprinkled, right? They have the, 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 the most uh, advanced uh, new uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, technology that is com uh, you know, conformed to uh, the codes and standards of NAPA. And by the way, we have 300 codes and standards widely used, by, by not just in, in the US, but across the world. You can have all that. However, when you put the sprinklers, I'm in China. Very few people know that uh, you know that these sprinklers and has a fire pump, and they have to be uh, tested, maintained, uh, you know, inspected, and from time to time. And the, the frequency you inspect them are very important. Well, how do you know which ones should be inspected more or less? Well, NFPA now is collecting these data, what we call ITM data, inspection, testing, and maintenance data, and we build a predictive model. Uh, with some of these, uh, you, know, uh, you know, companies and, and, and agencies and and uh, local, uh, you know, uh, authority uh, with, uh, jurisdictions to see whether we could predict oncoming failures, right, of a fire pump. A fire pump is a critical component of the infrastructure. It's hard to test, and in fact, if you test it not too too frequently, it actually uh, degrades the pump's performance. So you don't you want to test it, but you don't want to test it too frequently very expensive. So a lot of these things will help us better be able to maintain some of these infrastructures. So just three simple examples. Frankly, we have, you know, 10, 15 projects going on and it will take a long time. We'll be here for a while to go through wow. some of these. Uh, and so I think that's, that's fascinating, by the way. And and I think one thing that, um, that um, and, and again, I, I'm picking something from my conversation with Jeff. I think there was a discussion around how the data is of prime importance, like data from government, uh, other government services and all that is of utmost important for this model to work and sort of to, to craft and, and further fine tune this model. So in, in your case, how does that work? Like, so you work with even local uh, government agencies as well for the data and then how would you, or, or, or like you have your own data center. So like, how would that dynamic work? If you can shed some light, that will be helpful. Well, I, I think thankfully, I mean, we have the open data uh, movement, public data are accumulated nice. through many vendors. But I think the, the challenges is that the diverse data sets requiring uh, a certain way to put them, bring them together, right? So that so that they, they be for some kind of a universal connector, uh, being able to house them, being able to process to ETR on demand, being able to leverage all the analytic assets. And so we have just won uh, one or uh, a federal grant, substantial grant, uh, from the uh, DHS, uh, FEMA, to put them together is just such a system. Nice. So we call them additional fire data system or NAFTAS, and we are today we are in the second year uh, of that uh, pro uh, the project, and to basically have the first look in putting together such a data system. When he says fire data, it's not just fire incident; it is everything. Fire operations, uh, fire fire department activities, both on prevention, firefighting, and forensics. Uh, it, it leverage all of the commercial uh, data, such as uh, in, hopefully insurance data, claims data, uh, building usage data, uh, and, and so forth. So we're putting together a system together, and those will be the data, uh, the ingredients to allow us to uh, help to bring. Uh, create new solutions, not just by ourselves, but with partners out there, and then 
in turn turn out those solutions to benefit everybody uh, who will likely benefit from interesting i think fascinating by the way so <coughs> i think you mentioned about claims data and and insurance data so i was discussing um, again couple of months back with one of the city um, official cio of the of a city and and he shared the thought that about potholes and how the roads and 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 basically some trees that may fall off from a property and that can disrupt the traffic and that's their biggest concern and 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 there was a there was a kind of so i i asked i asked the gentleman that hey um do you guys share this data with insurance like insurance do they, they whenever they insure a house whatever right they, they do all this accessibility analysis and they say they have a hard time in in dealing with this this private private companies to share data with them like how has been your journey um so i think because you rightly pointed out uh, uh, an an insurance company would be looking looking at your model uh, in to mel- to calculate their risk on, on the other other hand they can actually provide you with their data so you can do better prediction so like do you have uh, some kind of alliances with with this uh, that that help you get through some of these private company share data and how 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 does that work yeah you know right now i mean uh, we have so much work to do uh you know, insurance company as you know is highly confidential and they are very protective of the data uh they, you know if you go into their data center you want to take something out you know, uh they're going to strip search you just joking but <laughs> yeah. no one like you uh, you know That's uh, true. you know they maybe thumb drive or whatever so you know we, we i mean we may have ways to ensure confidentiality to insurance companies because frankly insurance companies will be a big benefactor right. uh, from something this nature uh and so we're very interested what with insurance companies but frankly we're creating this for many many different uh, stakeholders uh however i mean just one since you mentioned insurance company i mean the, the fear of them uh, sharing data is because uh, of, of, of privacy of confidentiality uh, of using competitive edge right however i mean right now you know with the, uh, you know the, the blockchain technology is available out there hmm. potentially you can do some kind of computation and data merging to integration uh you know without divulging the source so you have a source to source encryption and, and frankly we're looking into it but again you know we have a lot of right. uh, parts in the computers and we'll focus on what is really of the top most importance of state awesome yeah, i think that's again thank you so much for sharing that um because <clears throat> i think that collaboration between government and non-profits and this private institute i think that's that's one of the even like we strive to make those uh, um, uh, relationship happen so i i introduced this gentleman with one of the, one of the one of the insurance company and and trying to get the dialogue going because i think uh, even even the the window is closing on down on the insurance too because if they can share they can probably save on and they can still as you rightly pointing out that the blockchain and all this thing right so there are ways now in which um, you can you can share this data without com- sort of say, compromising your your sort of core competency I think it's just it's just having an outlook and having an open perspective. I think that's that's pretty crucial. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on that. So now let's let's talk about um, I think one more area where sort of we see uh, one of the le- leadership bottleneck is recruiting an idea or sort of uh, how do you how do some some company um, recruit uh, an idea concept or tool like what are some of your strategies to sort of because as as I said. Uh, uh, that there's a lot of people who are trying to sell you not enough people are trying to tell you what's going on 
So what are some of your best practices that you use to recruit a concept or tool or technology or whatever um, and, and bring it in-house? So if you can shed some light. Right. And, and, and I think the key there is don't get distracted by the next new shining <coughs> object. Uh, you know, there's a, every day you read news, news accounts, uh, you know, new big data, and a lot of uh, people would like to sell you things. However, I think my experience is that there's no substitute for actually cooking. If you are actually producing something, right, and, and then you can focus on the results. Uh, and, and so my experience is that if you are pragmatic, if you focus on the results, and you bring people who have experience of cooking with novel ingredients and knowing how to cook, then you will have the best position to leverage the really truly useful technology and partner with the top uh, thought leaders out there and leveraging whatever is necessary, but focus on creating values, focusing on the results, both internally and externally. NFPA, we're not just, I'm not just here building something for NFPA. I'm actually here building something for NFPA stakeholders, mm -hmm. right? Interesting. <coughs> so um, I think thank you for, uh, for sharing that. So now let's talk about, I'm a fire marshal of a small fire station, right? So how would I find you? So like, what are, uh, do I read you or read about you somewhere? Like how, how would that interaction work? Or, or does my uh, union or consortium already know about you? So how, how does that relationship play out if you can shed some light? Right. And frankly today, I mean, uh, you know, NFPA have been working with the local fire department, not just the biggest ones, but also the medium size and frankly very small, uh, purely volunteer uh, uh, staffed uh, fire departments. So we understand their pain and their need. And in this brave world of data and analytics, frankly speaking, very few fire departments could afford mm, uh, a GIS department or have the ability to even leverage the data that have been collected uh, you know, for years. So today we are partnering with individual fire departments and we are creating a, what we call a solutions portal which will be a web-based or a mobile-based solutions that we created with many items uh, that the smaller medium fire department would like to see in leveraging the local data. We have the national data, but we also have their local data. And we create solutions for them so that they could use it uh, and they can actually look at their own local data and see whether those data are accurate. So right now, uh, we try to close the, the, the gap. Right, we close the loop. Uh, in the past, fire departments would only report their data. But they, they, they very rarely they could use it. Now through NAPA, we create a solution portal, and, and they can actually do it. Now they're using it, and if anything wrong with the data, what happens? They're going to say, "Hey, you know what? Something's wrong." Well, let me come in and fix it. So then it, it becomes them keeping the quality of the data, uh, you know, up to date, accurate. But all at the same time, they come in and tell us, you know, what they like to see and how they can help them make better decisions and therefore making the community under the protection safer at a lower cost. Wow. And the same learning can be leveraged across all the uh, tens of thousands of other uh, similar fire departments. Beautiful. I think that that's fascinating. So how, so how does these guys find you, uh, these fire marshals find you? Um, they can, uh, you know, so write an email to data at NFPA. Okay. And uh, my uh, link, uh, you know, we have a, a, web, a web page on LinkedIn and uh, go into NAPA.org uh, uh, you know, uh, and you know, just watch out for our uh, 
old activity that we are doing, uh, you know, we're generating. Nice, nice. Wow, wow. So um, now I think now uh, let me slightly get into your role. So in in, in your role um, in NFPA, like how much of your role is in facing versus out facing? Like what's how much of your role is taking care of the internal uh, analytics versus vis-a-vis helping maybe a state or city or, 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 or a group of fire, fire marshals to get their model right or whatever. So if you can, if you can share that. Right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, initially uh, we, you know, I, we have both internal and external stakeholders. And analytics can help both internally in terms of operations, in terms of you know, various CRM and so forth. But the real big value is not for NFPA is for our stakeholders. Right. So a majority of our, 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 our view is to uh, look at what are the needs out there and which one is the most important and most critical and so we can help them. Uh, I'll give you one example, right? Um, you know, uh, the National uh, uh, U.S. Fire Administration has been collecting fire incident data from every single fire department for the past 30 plus years. And they have long form to be filled out but there's one section of the of the form which is called narratives that that every firefighter will fill out, right? Some of them will fill very little bit, but if you know the firefighters, I know that you have spoken to any firefighters or not. Mm-hmm. You go into a fire a house, the firefighter, they love to tell stories, <laughs> especially right after the incident. They will tell you everything about that that, that fire incident. Wow. But when I recently I read those narratives, you read like a like a really very interesting, uh, well written. Uh, short stories, right? So when we talk to uh, everyone, and a lot of people say, you know what, decades of these narratives, stories that contain rich and accurate data mm-hmm. have not been at all. But thankfully, we are in the big data age, right? So today, at NPA, we are actually building the first ever bioontology that nice. will train, uh, uh, you know, uh, text mining tools that will, in a sense, letting the firefighters tell their stories. Wow. Uh, so we can leverage that to augment. Uh, in fact, we think it's not just augment, but really change, transform the way that data is being collected, data is being used, and data will be leveraged into effective solutions in the coming years. So we're very excited about it. We have made significant investments uh, in it. We have uh, you know, Hadoop cluster. Uh, we have we have a, a big uh, analytics server because we do a lot of testing. So we so we have a very powerful uh, server that we're doing some of these stuff, uh, the text mining and uh, you know, knowledge discovery uh, on uh, these narratives. Uh, we also have a lot of other text-based assets, knowledge assets like uh, <coughs> standards and so forth. And we've been collecting uh, fire injuries uh, that have been reported uh, on news media for the past decades. And so we can tie those back. And so there's a lot of big data assets that's at our disposal that we really want to make sure that that benefits the external stakeholders. Just one of the big examples. Interesting, interesting. Um, so um, I think in, in, in your current role, so does so are you the um, the first candidate, uh, first chief data scientist for an FPA or, or were there people before you're replacing someone or you replace someone uh, no I, I so I was brought in in fact as the data monster so wow. three, three years ago uh, we have a new president and decided that NPA given its 120 year history 
uh, you know, we a little bit of uh, been brought into the 21st century. And so he is very, uh, you know, far-sighted. Uh, so he uh, uh, put together a strategy. One of the uh, first steps of that uh, transformation strategy is to bring in a data person. So I was born as a data monster, which subsequently I, I kind of changed it because, you know, data really is not a monster. When it used to be a monster, it should be a data transformer. Right. But now uh, mm. you know, there is a data transformation, and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I will be the first uh, data scientist, but there will be many. And right now we have about two or three data scientists uh, working with many different uh, data analysts, business analysts, both internal and external. So I think that that's super cool. So um, let's let's talk about. I think um, uh, it, this is relevant for for many of our our, our listeners. So there are a lot of NGOs. A lot of uh, um, they have no idea what data analytics means. They are sort of uh, again and and they're very strapped with sort of budget. They are non-profit to begin with. Um, so what are like what are some of your uh, suggestions thoughts because i think it's it's so cool to see that you have actually hand grown this practice within nfpa so what are some of some of the say three or five insights that you can share to some entrant who are, who's trying to sort of build a similar practice uh, in their own sort of format or at least the the, the ngo um, executive who's thinking of hiring one on and just trying to figure out what what they should expect from this this candidate that will be really helpful. Excellent question. Uh, so, if I can may just give you a three kind of tidbits of what I learned. First of all, do not reinvent the wheel. Uh, a lot of things already have been done. There's internet and the easy social networks. Uh, you should reach out uh, to a fellow. Uh, analytic uh, practitioners or you know, doctor or users post those questions and leverage the thought leadership best practices out there. Uh, in fact, uh, for that, I, I set up a, an executive network on LinkedIn. So you can go up there, it's an analytic executive network that I set up, and uh, you know, constantly there are senior executives that posing questions, the fellow executive will answer. So don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, secondly, is leverage open data and, and tools. Tools that use the cost me and my team, over a million dollars they acquire, now is free. Uh, one of the thing uh, is one of the uh, best kept secret is a tool called Nine K N I N E. Beautiful tool. To the Beautiful tool. I would have to pay millions for it. Right. Also free, right? Uh, so leverage uh, open data, uh, public data, and, uh, and, and leverage uh, the, 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 the simple tools. Uh, the third one is again, you know, in the same vein is the partner, right? There are a lot of vendors out there, uh, and things that are not core, uh, you know, partner with other organizations. In the PA today, what we're building, we would love to partner with others. So, you know, potentially uh, leverage that, that some of the analytic assets, uh, a partnership with organizations like us uh, that has already created things and, and share knowledge. Interesting. <coughs> uh, so that's that's awesome. So don't re- uh, reinvent the wheel. Have uh, simple tools uh, and open sources out there. And then, by the way, shout out to Nime. Uh, uh, similar, I'm I'm a big fan. And even Rapid Miner, I think that's that's again a local company here. <coughs> Beautiful tool. So um, thank you for watching one of um, at least Nime. So um, let's talk about um, hiring a guy. So 
you so you are the first guy in uh, got this magnanimous task of sort of uh, reshaping the organization and making it more data driven so what are like what are your maybe first or second or like first three hires that you would imagine as an executive coming to an area where there's pretty much nothing uh, when it comes to data or, or um, um, analytics so what, what what would those two or three picks would be great um, so what I say said before with the, with the best most important person is that is an elite side right people who rise in the intersection I'm that kind of person uh, so I have a lot of ideas I'm very hands-on I mean the, the, the person who is actually not just the best data scientist who build the most elegant models you know, recoder and, 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 and the high skill set right in the technical area but we need to find someone that is also equally comfortable when you talk about business when you talk about business strategy when you talk about actual solutions that person need to really feel passionate about it and can translate uh, that strategy into specific requirements of uh, analytics. So it's very much the Christian model. So if you look at Christian 1.0, unfortunately, there's no 2.0 there. But if you look at the entire value chain, it starts with business, it ends with business. So people can actually comfortably move through this kind of what I call in my book, shorten it, apply business process back. If you can do that, uh, the, the process, find people who are comfortable in moving through those processes can understand it, and that they can also uh, uh, find other people like themselves. Mm. And people actually will be your core. Now, whether they have a lot of experience or not is immaterial. I'm looking for potential. Uh, and, and during interviews, I'm usually, uh, you know, talk about something very high level, and they need to be understanding it. Then very quickly, I move into deep data science, they need to be able to follow me and basically, you know, tr uh, circumspect the entire value chain. And that person needs to be able to follow. I think beautifully said. Uh, <clears throat> so they should very hands-on, and they should have a potential sort of understanding the bigger picture, and then and coming. I think that's uh, well put. So now, <clears throat> uh, now let's talk about um, uh, fire. Um, so NFPA. How far are we from 100% predicting the fire outcome? Like, what are, what is your thinking on that? As a data scientist, for a <laughs> fire is one of the industry that events analytics and data science are going to be wrong. And we can say NAPA is fairly, uh, you know, kind of a pioneer in this space. So it's almost like, you know, how long will the West be wrong? Why don't we just start it? wagon train going to the west, it will take a while, but every step away is going to be exciting, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be very, very fruitful. And so we're looking forward uh, to continue to kind of uh, making the journey and not looking at when it's behind 100%, because mm -hmm. that will be a while, but we're going to be, uh, you know, really enjoy the process and be excited about what we do. I think I love, I love the fact that you are bringing some, something like, something like a fire ontology. I think that's, because I think one thing that that I'm fascinated about is, um, uh, like any of these, e e even in, in in financial risk model, right? So, 
having an ontology will give you sort of a lot of lib- uh, liberty in, in bringing other classif- classifications. So if suppose there's a new brand, sort of band of risk that emerged, like you have some way to quant- like bring it into your model and sort of ap- appreciate that. I think that's, I think that's, that's yeah. I, 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 I uh, admire you for that. I think that, that that's a well, very well step. So thank you so much for sharing that. And that brings us to the end of the conversation. So I think before we go, I would love to have say your closing remark on uh, um, on, on 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 this uh, your journey and what do you want to share with our with our community um, that that they should keep in mind. That will be helpful. Well, I would say that uh, you know come on board if you're no longer not yet on board with this uh, analytics uh, uh, you know value uh, train. Uh, come on, welcome on board, but at the same time, if you eat it, enjoy it, uh, keep an open mind. What I found is that anything I learn, anything I see, uh, when you are curious, and when you have the tools to, to analyze in, analyzing some of these data and so forth, it's really exciting and very, very fulfilling. And at the same time, NFPAs do a lot of great things. So please watch out, right? Look in, come to our website. Look at it. We're continually generating uh, solutions. In fact, we may be uh, putting up a public uh, page on our solution portals uh, you know, uh, shortly. So come, come and visit us and come uh, frequently. Uh, and we will uh, share our stories and, as I said, uh, some of the solutions that assist with. That's, I think, that, that's well said. And, and again, thank you so much, Nathaniel, for being very candid and sharing with us. And, and you guys are doing some amazing work. I think I, I'm always a fan of uh, data analytics saving lives, I think. And thank you for sa- sort of keeping us safe from fire. Thank you for sort of making the fire department more efficient. I think we needed someone to do this grant work. And I think um, I, I truly appreciate you guys taking that step and doing that. I think I do do, do really appreciate and admire, admire you for that. And love to um, have you back sometime in the future discussing your journey from now till then what all fun stuff you are doing and love to sort of share with our community how has things been translating and, and thank you so so much uh, for, for spending your time with us and sharing with our community these great insights thank you so much and thank you Vishal for uh, this I thought I was sick of home, but actually I was homesick. Never really knew that I would have to grow up so quick. I'm so uncomfortable, don't know anybody here. Just a couple dudes that I met once, that's it. And I go into the booth feeling nervous. Got butterflies in my stomach like I'm so worthless. Is the mic gone? I don't know how to work this. Inside I'm breaking down, I hope I'm not up on this.